All right, powering up in Ontario, an announcement expected later on this morning from the Ontario Doug Ford government to say that they plan to refurbish the 50-year-old Pickering Nuclear Generating Station to keep it operating for another 30 years. The whole reason I am a Canadian as opposed to an Englishman is my parents came here decades ago for my father to work at the Bruce Nuclear Plant. I grew up... um, in Port Elgin, Ontario. Before that, I, I actually lived for a couple of years in Inverhuron, which is a, a, a hamlet right beside uh, the power plant. But then we moved a little further out of field to Port Elgin, Ontario, which is you know, like 12, 15 minute drive from the plant. And then came down here to Ontario Hydro head office. So growing up more in my teen years down here in Toronto, but creating many, many jobs for people my family's situation, of course, and creating power for a growing population. So this announcement coming as demand for electricity in Ontario is forecast to increase sharply in the coming decades. There's a greater need for power for so many reasons. And at some point, we had people who were pushing back against more uh, nuclear generating capacity, like the small uh, modular reactors that we're seeing a bit more of. We also saw people uh, pushing back more broadly on just refurbishments. You say, oh, we got to get wind and solar and so on. It's like, okay, I'm not like, I don't have a major problem with those things aside from the fact that they don't really work to the degree that we thought uh, they would actually work. They're just not capturing the energy as much as they could and they're just not bringing in as much energy as I think people thought they would. And the technology gets better every year, but it's just not there. Like the, the percentage of our energy needs brought in by wind and solar just isn't that high. So we need a baseload. We need a reliable baseload. Nuclear providing a lot of that. And nuclear seen as a lot better than coal plants as well. Although the provinces do face federal clean energy, clean electricity regulations that require these plants to be net zero in their carbon emissions. I'm not sure how that's actually going to work. I think our next guest can help us wade through a lot of this. Dr. Chris Kiefer joining us now, president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy. Chris, good morning. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. What do you make of this news, that there will be a refurbishment of the 50-year-old Pickering nuclear generating station to keep it going for another 30 years? Is this a good good news, and is this what Ontario needs? Well, we've been campaigning for it uh, for the last four years, really tirelessly. Um, it made no sense to us in the midst of what's been called the climate crisis, uh, with lots of talk about electrification, with a growing population, um, with a growing green economy, frankly. I mean, we're talking about building EV battery plants, transitioning people to heat pumps and electric vehicles. We need a lot more power for that. Hmm. Pickering provides more energy than the Canadian side of Niagara Falls, to give you a sense of just how much. That's 15% of Ontario's electricity. It does that emissions-free. To shut that down made no sense. You know, he said that the plant's 50 years old. The side that's being refurbished, the four reactors, is the B side, um, whose units range from 38 to 40 years. And that might sound like, you know, they're getting on in age, but candor reactors are designed to have what's called a midlife refurbishment. It's kind of like an engine swap out. That's not controversial. That's happening at Bruce, at Darlington, at candor reactors built around the world. And it's going very well. Um, Over at Darlington, the most recent refurbishment, I believe Unit 2, came in six months ahead of schedule and under budget. You don't hear those words a lot when it comes to anything we're building in the West that's big, airports, bridges. You don't hear it in nuclear. We've got something very special going on in Ontario. Really, really well-established institutions like OPG, like Bruce, 
and critically, the people, the human factors. You mentioned your, your parents coming over to work in the sector. I mean, it's the sector that demands the best, and we've really cultivated that, and we've got it now. So this is the time to move forward on it, to carry that refurbishment excellence from Darlington over to Pickering to conserve 15% of Ontario's electricity. Now, when we talk about refurbishing a plant for another 30 years, is this like a a midterm plan to sort of get us over a hump and then we need a more long-term strategy? Or would you say that these refurbishments is part and parcel of Ontario's long-term energy strategy? Yeah, it's absolutely part of of the long-term energy strategy. You mentioned wind and solar. You know, those assets are, you know, wind power goes to the point and that needs to be uh, fixed. So, you know, I think there's this illusion that once we build clean power generation, we're done. The climate crisis is solved. Right. Um, Pickering is the living example of the fact that, no, this is a continuous process. We're going to be building clean power forever. Um, and again, you know, if we think about hydroelectricity, for instance, um, you know, our dams are going 100, 100 plus year, uh, years, like Sir Adam back at Niagara Falls. Um, you know, Candus can be refurbished at the 30, 40 year mark. A lot of people are saying they can be refurbished again at the 30 or 40 year mark. It's something, you know, truly unique about um, Canada's national reactor technology. And, you know, people might say it's old. And the way I would push back against that in terms of the technology is, you know, jet engines are old. That's a 1940s technology. And it was developed in the, in the 50s. It was perfected over time. There's been lots of iterations. We've been building plants. We brought 22 large nuclear plants online in 22 years across this country. And with each successive build, we've learned things and applied them, and we're applying them to those refurbishments. So these reactors are, are being restored to a condition that is, if not as good as new, better than new. Improved controls, improved alloys, everything that we've learned from running these machines for the last 40 years. Our guest is Chris Kiefer, president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy. We're talking about the announcement coming at 11 today, but it's already sort of been leaked, that uh, Ontario, the Ontario government, is planning to refurbish the Pickering nuclear plants uh, to give them another 30 years. Uh, Chris, one listener texting in, experts have said to close Pickering. It's old. It's dangerous. There is only one containment to stop meltdown for six of the eight reactors, but Ford refuses for political reasons. Uh, Googling around, I did see that there are some concerns. Uh, Globe and Mail story extending Pickering nuclear plant, a mistake. Critics say safety not guaranteed near plants in Pickering and Clarenting. This is from uh, a Toronto Star publication. Uh, How do you respond to uh, those concerns that some people voice? Well, listen, I mean, nuclear has been a controversial topic. Unfortunately, environmental organizations have been have been scoring what I call climate-owned goals by, by opposing nuclear energy, despite it being one of the lowest life cycle carbon emissions technologies that we have. Candy reactors are, in my opinion, the safest nuclear reactors in the world. Uh, they have a modular core. They have the ability to passively cool for about seven days. Um, if we had candies in Japan, there wouldn't have been a Fukushima, for instance. Um, there's uh, absolutely containment and there's also a vacuum building. Um, so there's there's multiple, multiple levels um, to keep these reactors safe. Uh, and again, we are returning them to a as good as new condition with these refurbishments. So I think, you know, it's very important to ask these questions to get answers. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the environmental movement has been purveying a lot of myths um, in a misguided attempt, in, in my opinion. Um, to shut down, you know, a technology that's been uh, 50 to 60 percent of Ontario's grid. That's why we were able to phase out coal. Nuclear provided 90 percent of the power generation required to phase out coal, which is 25 percent of our grid. You know, as a doctor who came, uh, you know, came of age and was practicing when we still had coal, you know, the Ontario Medical Association thinks that we had 1,900 premature deaths every year due to air pollution, which those coal plants contributed to. So 
you know, nuclear energy, not only is it safe, it saved lives. We got rid of coal only because we had nuclear. Uh, Chris, I want to ask you about that environmental activist aspect uh, to it. It is kind of interesting. And I think the public is wisening up to this or shifting opinions a little bit. One of the pitches is for us to have all these electric vehicles, we need nuclear power plants. It's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, yeah, you can't like solar and wind plants can't support electric vehicles because electric vehicles are electricity intensive. I want to get your take, though, on what it means that provinces face federal clean electricity regulations. Future power plants must produce net zero carbon emissions. I I mean, okay, if you can just do it, fine. I I don't have any problem with that. Net zero is, I guess, better than, you know, more inputs. But I think the point is to just create the energy. Uh, Is this a circle that can be squared? Yeah, absolutely. And it can be done with nuclear. As you mentioned, wind and solar have a contribution to make. But unfortunately, they haven't added much value to the Ontario grid. The cost of the Green Energy Act contracts that were put in place under the previous government will ring in at $62 billion when all is said and done. Ontario taxpayers are subsidizing those heat-in tariff contracts that were signed uh, with private developers to the tune of $3.1 billion every single year. And, you know, if you look at when we have our peak demand for electricity, those are our heat waves in summertime. In, in 2019, the wind fleet, it's a massive fleet. It's, you know, larger installed capacity than Pickering, almost double. It was producing only 6% of, of that potential amount of generation. So you could install all the wind turbines in the world. They don't spin when we need them. We saw that out in Alberta as well. You know, if you have extreme weather and we expect more and more climate change, you need a power source that is there reliably. Absolutely. You know, not only to run our, our factories and to run our, our EVs, but to run things like our hospitals. You know, I've worked at a hospital when we had a power cut. We were on diesel backup. That's a scary situation. If we're going to electrify everything, we need to do it with ultra-reliable electricity, and nuclear is the low-carbon, ultra-reliable form of electricity that we have. There we have it. Dr. Chris Kiefer, President of Canadians for Nuclear Energy. Thanks very much for joining us. We appreciate it. My, my pleasure. Anytime. Ontario government will be refurbishing the Pickering plant for 30 more years. And it's a good point that we need we need these base loads, or else we're going to have things like in Alberta where they had to send out an emergency alert. Stop charging your electric vehicles. You're going to blow the grid. And they did that in California as well. They said, we got to avoid brownouts, so stop using the electric vehicles. So if you like the electric vehicles, or if you just like servicing the needs of a growing population in terms of electricity, well, you got to have the options. And hey, like I said, I'm a, I'm a nuclear baby, if I can use that phrase. Grew up growing up around the corner from the Bruce nuclear plant. My parents coming from England for my father to take a job there. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.